0: Welcome to the King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at KOGVA.org.
1: What we're trying to do, as you may recall, is connect the Sunday theme to the Wednesday theme. So this week is fresh start, more focused. I feel like I'm struggling with that at the moment. So. (laughs) A couple of reminders for you. First is that this Saturday, men's breakfast. So, if uh, guys, if you want to come to that, uh, come to that. And this Sunday will be the Wolf's Last Sunday. So we will gather to bid them farewell as well.
2: Today, I'd like you to tr- turn to John 3. John 3, 1 to 8. But before we get to that, it's wrong.
1: We, we get all the kinks out at the 10 o'clock study. So I had that wrong the whole time. Last night I came home from church and uh, before I came back to church and we had no heat. So in our dinner prayer, we gave thanks to God for heat because when you don't have something, you're a little more appreciative of it, right? Let's pray. Almighty God, gracious King. We thank you and praise you for the blessings of who you are and who you made us to be through Christ our Lord. As we gather tonight, Lord, in this room and enjoy this meal, we're mindful of those who have no room, who have no heat, who have no food. We pray, Lord, your provision upon them, and we pray that we, as the body of believers, would be your hands and your heart and uh, your feet to care for them. Uh, We pray, Lord, that uh, you'd supply their needs uh, through the church and through their neighbors. Uh, Bless us now, Lord, as we seek to come closer to you. Uh, May your spirit enliven our hearts in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. It was really fun preparing this study for you. Uh, I don't know how much you know about Nicodemus, and I pray that tonight maybe you learn one or two new things about Nicodemus. But I couldn't think of a better example of someone being given the opportunity to become a little more focused than Nicodemus himself. So uh, for purposes of our study, we're going to read John 3, 1 to 15, but we're only going to look at John 1 to 8, John 3, 1 to 8. Welcome to those who are with us online. We are live streaming now. Thank you for your patience. Uh, We're glad you could join us in this special way. We'll be taking a look at John 3, 1 to 8, and we're focusing on being a little more focused uh, in this new year. So can I have someone read John 3, uh, 1 to 15? Trish, are you my microphone person? So uh, just wait till Trish gets to you, and uh, you can read it for me. I have a volunteer. John 3,
2: 1 to 15. Over here, Mr. David. Now, there was
3: a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Well, how can a man be born again when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born. (laughs) Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of the water and the spirit Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows whenever it pleases, and you hear the sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Now, can this be? Nicodemus asked, You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still, you people who do not accept our testimony have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe, how then can you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as the Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life.
2: Thank you, sir. Okay. So, uh, what did you hear? What
1: did you hear? What jumped out to you? What was interesting to you in that passage
2: of the, in, the uh, conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus? Yes, ma'am. Whichever one. <laughs>
0: I kind of feel sorry for Nicodemus because he's just sitting there trying to figure out how you're born again through a woman's womb. And he's saying, I'm a full-grown man. How is this going to happen again? <laughs>
1: right, yeah. So
0: he's very confused.
1: So it it, look, it could be, right, this is the challenge with Scripture, is understanding their emotional state, right? Right. Um, could it be that Nicodemus was confused, right? Jesus gives this scenario and he says, how can this possibly happen that I would be born again? I'm a, I'm a grown man. How would I go through my mother's womb? Some people actually think that maybe he's being snarky. You know, when you, when you don't know uh, how to answer a question, one way to answer a question is be snarky, right? Or ask another question, redirect, refocus. Um, Any way you have it, it just doesn't make sense to him, right? Uh, Now, think about this for a moment. Nicodemus is a Pharisee. Right before this, Jesus has cleansed the temple. He probably doesn't care so much about that because that's more of the Sadducees uh, thing, the temple. Uh, But um, it's interesting that that he finds Jesus after this to have that conversation, and he's really got to struggle with what Jesus says, that's for sure. Yes, ma'am.
2: I was just going to mention that it says he came to Jesus at night. So he probably wasn't too keen on being seen doing that.
1: Yeah. So it could be. So he comes to Jesus at night. And certainly a man of his stature, a man of um, his position, there could be this. It would make sense, right, to come at night when maybe
2: some people wouldn't see you. Or? Uh You come at night because it 's quieter,
1: and the crowds have dis- dispersed they 've gone dis- they 've gone home and they get a little bit more quality time to have a conversation maybe uh or <laughs> John the gospel of john John loves language John uh loves to use word imagery. And so oftentimes, John will play with words uh, in an effort to show the greater truth. So what would be interesting, what, what you know about Jesus, you may not realize that this is in John, but what you know about Jesus, what would be interesting about John
2: making a point that it happens at night? Kevin. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. Trish. Get over
1: there.
3: (laughs) Nicodemus is in darkness.
2: Yes.
1: So Nicodemus, he doesn't have the light. He doesn't have the light of the world. And so why wouldn't he? He's coming as he
3: is. But he's found the light. Yes.
1: And, by the way, you see this beautiful imagery, once again, of what Jesus' focus is. Right? What's Jesus' focus? Salvation. Uh, Jesus' focus is transformation. I, for me, one of the beautiful things about this passage is that initially, you actually get to see two people who disagree with each other have a civil conversation. Two people who are coming from two very different vantage points are able to come together.
2: They're able to have a conversation. That alone we can learn from. Off the soapbox, back to you. What else did you hear? Anything else? All right. We have a wide
1: seating class so I've got to make sure I see where everybody is. Well, let's get into it a little bit because there's there's one particular section I really want you to see tonight. Um, Here are some things we know. Uh, we know that Jesus has come to save the world, right? Last week, if you were here, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. My favorite passage in that is John 17, he did not come to condemn the world, but that the world may have life through him. So, So we know that Jesus' purpose is to bring light and salvation to the world, even to the likes of Nicodemus. Nicodemus, who's a Pharisee, Nicodemus, who's, of course, a Jew, Nicodemus, who believes that salvation comes from strict observance of the law. That you follow the traditions of the elders, and that is what makes you right with God, and that brings you salvation. Maybe said another way, uh, at least in that day, the Jewish approach to salvation
2: uh, is a new world. And the Christian approach to salvation is a new life. When I was
1: in Garden City, Long Island, I had the opportunity to teach world religions at Long Island Lutheran High School, and I would bring in different, instead of me teaching them necessarily, I would bring in those different religions to the class, or we'd go to them. And uh, my rabbi friend in Garden City was always gracious to meet with our class, loved her because she They could ask her any question she wanted. Nothing bothered her. Nothing offended her to be asked a question. But when she talked about salvation, she talked about a new world. She talked about the world as we know it being different, the physical world as we know it to be different. Now, you can make an argument that we believe in a new heaven and a new earth, right? But that comes after a new life. So it's important to understand Nicodemus's uh, mindset here uh, as you go along. He's of the ruling class, uh, and uh, yet many believe that he probably is a lover of truth.
2: Why would he seek Jesus out? He, well, he says, does he not? He says, I, "I've seen, I, I know
1: you're a great teacher. I've seen the miraculous things you've done," and he even gives Jesus
2: credit. You must be from God. So I want to hear more from you. And by the way, if you are a lover of truth, then you have to be prepared to be wrong. If if you want to have a discourse with someone about truth, you at least
1: have to be willing to acknowledge at some point that your truth is not truth. right? If that's what you're seeking, there may be a point where you have to wrestle with the idea that Uh, I might be wrong at the end of this conversation. That takes a lot of courage on one level. I'm going to sit here and have a conversation with you knowing that it's potentially that I don't have the truth as I know it and I'll be wrong. On Sunday, uh, no, Monday, Max and I went to the Washington Wizards game. And uh, all along the main road to get to the Capital One Arena uh, were things about the Bible. And, uh, which uh, boop, piqued my interest. And I, I noticed that it was uh, Jehovah witnesses and they had little stations and it, they had crowds of people talking to them. And I thought, what? I think talking to them. I think it was a setup. I think it was their people talking to them. Uh, and I was a little tempted to be like, ooh, 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 what you doing over there? But I, Max would, it would have been Max would have had seven more years of therapy if I had done that. So, uh, I didn't do it. But I'd love to have a conversation about what we believe is truth versus what they believe is true, right? Why not have the conversation? I guess is a long way of saying it. On on Monday, we didn't have the conversation because I was being fatherly and watching the Wizards beat the Detroit Pistons, just for the record. All right. Max said, We had all the perfect trimmings of a perfect basketball game, we won. There was a buzzer beater. There was an ejection. Someone got ejected from the park. That's always exciting, right? Uh, We had all the wonderful things that you want. So, all right, let's get into this. Here we go. John 3, uh, verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. All right, now you know who he is. We'll keep going. Two. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Again, um, the likelihood of someone in Nicodemus's position following Jesus is low. And in fact, when you read about Jesus and his ministry, and, and just so you know, there's there's a handful of pastors who would disagree, God bless you, with what I'm about to say. Um the the Pharisees, the Pharisees and the Sadducees in general uh struggled with who Jesus was. And Jesus often was frustrated with them.
2: In fact, even in this passage, what does Jesus say to Nicodemus? You, 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 you should know this. Jesus, uh, his signs
1: impressed Nicodemus so he wants to know more. Uh, we talked about him going at night. Um, and we, we have to give Nicodemus credit for how he starts the conversation. Doesn't go to Jesus and say, You satanic demon from God, right? Uh, maybe said another way for those of you who've taken the strength assessment, it looks like Nicodemus has a little bit of woo, right? Yeah, hey, you're hey, Jesus, I've been following you. You do pretty good stuff, you know? Let's talk about it a little bit. Um, and Jesus is happy to talk about it, although. Interesting Jesus' response. Nicodemus gives him, in essence, this compliment, and Jesus responds in verse 3. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Oh, well, let's get right into it, Jesus, right? You know, there there isn't much woo on the other end of that. And, and the reason is um, you have to... Therefore, what you need to do is look at Nicodemus' compliment slightly differently. Because what Jesus is, in essence, saying to Nicodemus is, um, if you want to understand why I can do those things, this is, how you have, this is how you do that. Thank you for the compliment, but it doesn't matter if you don't fully understand how I actually am from God. How the miracles actually are acted out, and how my teachings are truth, so if we're going to go forward from here, truly, truly, by the way, truly, truly is code for pay attention, listen up. Uh, if you want to know this, you must be born again. so in one sentence, he sweeps away all that Nicodemus stood for and demands that he be
2: remade in the power of god This would be tough for Nicodemus That's a tough pill to
1: swallow Because Nicodemus is absolutely convinced that following the law and the traditions of the elders is the way
2: to god By the way, being born again can also Anyone have a different translation than that? Born again can be can also be, uh, be born from above. Which would be an interesting translation because you know, to have a heavenly birth, if you will,
1: that'll come into play uh, in a few minutes. Either way, what Jesus is trying to say is entering to the kingdom is not, the way, is not by way of human striving, but by that of rebirth, which only God can affect. By the way, this is, uh, now would be foundational Christianity, and let's, because we're Lutheran church here, we'll say this way, it's part of our own teachings. I cannot by my own reason or strength fill in the blank. Luther writes in his explanations of the catechism. I cannot by my own reason or strength, meaning none of this is dependent on me. I have to come at this at a different way. And this is what Jesus is setting up for Nicodemus. If you want to know the truth, if you want to know the way of salvation, you've got to come at it a different way, and I'll show you the way. So Nicodemus says, how can a man be born? Let's first read it as if maybe he's confused, right? How can a man be born when he's old and and enter a second time in his mother's room and be born? Or let's read it uh, a little snarkily, right? How can a man be born when he's old? And enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born. Now, if he's confused, Jesus might Jesus doesn't respond, but I I would imagine Jesus saying something like, Let me clarify this for you. Or you know what
2: I'm saying. <laughs> right? Uh, either way, uh I would say this to you Nicodemus isn't an idiot. He is not an idiot.
1: He's of the ruling class. He's a Pharisee. He's in the Sanhedrin. He's an educated man. He knows that can't be done. He knows a physical rebirth is not possible. So either he's trying to make a point. Who are you to tell me? Which one of us here is the chosen? (laughs) Can you imagine that conversation? Which one of us, Mr. Jesus, is the chosen one? Uh, me? You know. I, Nicodemus would say, I'm of the chosen people. I'm of the Jewish lineage. I'm a Pharisee, a member of the Sanhedrin. You don't tell me what I'm to do. Or it's a mocking statement, or we just don't know. Maybe he's genuinely wondering, how do you figure all this out? Right? Part of the challenge of this passage, what I love about it so much, is that we are so tempted to put our 21st century thoughts into a first century conversation. Uh, so we know a lot of things in the 21st century that Nicodemus didn't know in the first century. So sometimes when you're reading scripture, you at least want to give the, the players in the account the, the benefit of the time they're living in. So so, so Nicodemus has a very limited way on how to be born.
2: (laughs) And And he knows for sure that he can't be born again in that way. Jesus answered, listen up. I say to you,
1: unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God.
2: All right, here we go. So the first thing I want you to know is the Holy Spirit
1: would not be a foreign concept to Nicodemus. In the, in the book of Wisdom, chapter 9, they've heard, he would have heard, who has learned thy counsel unless uh, thou has given wisdom and, and sent thy Holy Spirit from on high? The difference would be that Nicodemus looks at the Holy Spirit as one who enlightens, not as one that regenerates. So he'll be limited in scope, if you will. But Jesus says you need to be born of water and the Spirit. So in the
2: 21st century Christian aspect, what's the first thing we think of? Holy baptism. In our theology
1: of baptism, the Holy Spirit is given through the gift of baptism to the one being baptized. So, of course, we would hear this today and say, yeah he he has to have our baptism. The challenge with that, friends, is that uh, that baptism
2: hasn't been introduced Now, at the time that John is writing this, it has been, because
1: John's gospel is later, and John has an opportunity to look at what's already been written. But when Jesus is talking to John, there is no I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son Holy Spirit. Yes. What did I say, John? Yeah, I meant Nicodemus. When Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, there isn't that. So it would be interesting that Jesus would present this foreign concept to him uh, or uh, make him
2: perceive something that hasn't even been created. God bless you. The other thing is the passage puts the emphasis on who? The spirit, not some rite, R-I-T-E, of the church. So what could it possibly be? Uh, Well, I think this. It could be, um, hang in there when I say this to you, all right? (laughs) Uh, Well, it could be, what, what baptism do we know at this point? John the Baptist's baptism, right? That would make a lot of sense.
1: Ritual bathing.
2: Correct. So this is a ritual bathing
1: of cleansing, right? That's what we know water for anyway. John the Baptist was doing that. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In fact, uh, do me a favor. Turn to
2: Luke. Luke 3. Verse 1, we're going to go through, actually go all the way to verse 7.
1: So this is John the Baptist preparing the people. And uh, he said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to baptize him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able to from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the ax is laid to the root of the tree. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds went on. And, of course, what he's saying is, I baptize you this way, but one comes after me to baptize you another way. And what we learn later in John is that the Pharisees came to this conversation and said, well, we're not doing that. We won't be baptized in that way. We don't need that. We don't need your cleansing. So here's the irony, right? That here's Jesus with Nicodemus, who very well could have been part of that group saying, we're not doing that.
2: By the way, John's purpose is prophetic. John the Baptist's purpose is prophetic.
1: He, was, he came to prepare the way for people to receive the Messiah. So you can make a good argument that what Jesus is referring Nicodemus to is that. Let's go down to the Jordan so you can be cleansed from your sins, purified from your your loving of the law, your worshiping of the law, and now this will make you ready for the kingdom of God, which, by the way, is right in front of you.
2: (laughs) And as appealing as that is, I actually don't think that's what it means either. So if it doesn't mean our Christian baptism today, and it doesn't potentially mean
1: this purification, if you will, what does it mean? All right, hang in there with me. It could also be, you know what? I went ahead on my paper. Maybe I just remember myself. There we go. Um, there's lots of good writing. In fact, Odeberg is a theologian who gathered a lot of passages from rabbinic. Uh, history that says uh, that terms like water, rain, dew, they were often used in
2: literature to resemble, here we go, male semen. Hang in here with me. So here, then, water and spirit
1: would mean spiritual seed. So,
2: think about it for a moment. My name is Nicodemus. I live in the first century. The only way I understand birth to take place is that way.
1: Therefore, it would be interesting if Jesus would say, listen, if you want to be born again, then you need to have a spiritual rebirth. You need to have the The gifts of God remake
2: you. That's how you're born again. And the reason why this is appealing is a little later. Flesh gives to flesh, and the Spirit gives to the Spirit. So back
1: to verse 5. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So if that's what Jesus means, what he possibly is doing is merging those words By saying that life will come to
2: you through the Spirit. Life will come to you through the Spirit. So don't worry about words other than that for a moment. Then go to 6. Look at what he says after that. That which is born of the flesh is what? Flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit so think about it for a moment there is no evolution from flesh to spirit it doesn't exist flesh is earthly and therefore earthly thing flesh things do earthly things the spirit is heavenly and therefore what the spirit does heavenly things there's a big there's a great case for this what else do we know that jesus says seek first the kingdom of god and all these things will be added unto you he doesn't say seek things of the
1: flesh seek things of the world he says seek First, the kingdom of God, and then these things will be added unto you, right? Uh, Throughout Jesus' conversation with his people, he's constantly trying to help them focus on those things that are heavenly rather than those things that are of the earth. Destroy this temple.
2: And in three days, what will he do? He'll build it. Oh, How can you possibly build this temple three days?
1: He's not talking about that. He's not talking about that physical event. He's talking
2: about what? Him. He's talking about himself. The temple is where God resides. Jesus is the temple. Destroy it and I'll build it again. So
1: constantly in Jesus' language and vernacular, he is trying to get his people to think of these things. It makes perfect sense, then, to say to Nicodemus, if you want to be born again, you've got to be born of the Spirit. You've got to be thinking of things that are above and not things that are here. It's not going to work that way.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When uh, when you talk about born of uh, water and Spirit.
1: Put it closer to you. Thank you.
0: When you talk about being born of water and Spirit. Yes, sir. wouldn't, Wouldn't water be physical birth? the breaking of
2: you could make a case for that. Right.
0: Right. And, and spiritual would be the rebirth.
2: You could, yes. Right. When,
1: um, a woman is giving birth, her water breaks. Right. Um, and that I think is a consideration uh, because it brings forth life from that point. Um, or the life that's within you. Um, However, here, I really think if if you don't want to go with my very unique description of water also being words that you could use for semen, then I think you'd want to go with the idea of the cleansing of water, right, and the, re- the refreshing nature of water. So when I baptize younger, not infants, but younger children, and they come to my office. I um, I make my, I pretend I'm the bowl. I say, here's the bowl. And here's, you know, how you're going to be baptized. And we, what's in the bowl? And they say, water. And I say, well, what do you use water for? And inevitably they get it right. We use water to cl- be clean, right? We use water to be, ref- to nourish our bodies. They often don't say to play. And I'm the one who brings it up. We play in water, right? We swim and those kind of things. I try to say that because God is fun. <laughs> but I think you can use those things, and that would fit here. Um, but I think ultimately, Pat, where you're getting to is, yes, Jesus is saying there's going to have to be a spiritual birth.
2: Kevin.
3: I, I just want to say that uh, the, 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 the the Bible is rich in, in punning. Yeah. And I don't see why we have to choose between these two illusions. I, I think we can accept that there's a tension between them. But this is exactly the kind of wordplay that the Judeans
1: love. Absolutely. And and in particular, John. Uh, and, and so maybe John means all of them. Because ultimately, what do all of them lead us to? You've got to be... Your focus has to be on heavenly things. Right? If If you... To be born again means that your life is now in the spirit. It's now, in the, it's now God formed and God ordained and God directed. You with me?
0: I think Jesus' was message was that
2: looking at a contrast between water and spirit, between physical
0: and spiritual life, they're two different aspects. And during this time of transformation from the belief of Jesus Christ in Christianity, uh, the thinking uh, the Jews were p- pretty much focused on one aspect. They're, they had tunnel vision. And in Jesus' teachings, he tried to broaden that view. Yeah. So there was a total different language of interpretation at that time.
1: Yes, but Jesus was brilliant in using language that they understood, right? Examples that they understood, and this is why I'm going to give one more play to the second option, because look, look, look at the uh, the script as you, if you will. Um, how? What do you have to do you have to be born again? How are you born? How does life come physically? We know that happens: male, female. Ta-da. And life comes, right? And, and from that, wouldn't, wouldn't Jesus then want to use similar language that Nicodemus knew and understood to say, yes, you know how you, know how you were born, Nicodemus, and I'm going to tell you now how you be born again. And these are the elements by which that occurs, right? And to Kevin's point, too, ultimately, what
2: Jesus' point is, is that this birth comes from God. It comes from God. Let's keep going, because I think it, I think the other passages fill it in for us a little bit too. So again,
1: that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. By the way, if you want a little bit more on that, read Paul. Read the epistles uh, about flesh and spirit. Then Jesus says, you have to love verse 7. Do not marvel that I said this to you, that you must be born again. <laughs> Right? Don't
2: be astonished. Why? Why do you think Jesus might say that to him? No more soup and sandwiches for you, people. You it just drains you to quietness. Well, he might
1: say it. To, he might say it uh, to him because there's no
2: other way. He might say it to him because it's nothing new that he hasn't said, right? And he certainly
1: says it to him uh, because he should have known. Later
2: on, we hear him say that. Why is it a surprise to you? And then he gives his imagery again. The wind
1: blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Now keep in mind, uh the, the first century friends, they uh they did not have the technology
2: that we have today, right? And the wind was a mystery to them. Bless you. So if we
1: wanted to I think here is another example of Kevin's point. I think there's multiple images in one image. So let's take it literally for a moment. And I mean that in a positive way. Sometimes when we distinguish, make the distinction of taking something literally biblical, it would mean you wouldn't take something literally. Hear me out. What I'm saying is let's take it that Jesus is just talking about wind. He could be saying then, look, all this is like the wind. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know where it goes, but it happens. <laughs> it does what wind does, right? Uh, and therefore, oh, I tr- I, I almost said I turned the channel. I turned the page before I wanted to. Um, it goes where it wishes. You hear it sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So everyone who's born of the Spirit, same way.
2: Uh, or, and or. Jesus is using wind and spirit in the same way.
1: So here the passage would mean that people cannot predict the movement of the spirit. The spirit breathes where it wills, he wills. Uh, Just as people cannot comprehend the spirit, neither can they comprehend anyone who is born of the spirit. He may be acknowledging to
2: Nicodemus that some of this is challenging to you because you don't have it. The person who lacks spiritual life may have co- may ha- have contact with such
1: people, but knows neither the origin of their life or their final destiny. So, in, in essence, David, please, in uh, in essence, what he could be saying is Nicodemus, the reason you're you're struggling with this is because uh, you don't have the, the the spirit working in you. Yes, sir.
3: I've always liked to think of this as sort of uh, Jesus telling Nicodemus, look, you may not be able to see the wind. You may not be able to know where it's coming or going, but you cannot deny its existence or the power that it has. And I'm trying to tell you the Holy Spirit is, is like that just as well. You may not be able to, you know, to touch it and feel and stuff, but there's no doubt that the wind has power and works. Yeah.
2: And what is Nicodemus accustomed to, Right. Lay it out for me and tell me what I have to do, and I'll do it. And
1: here Jesus gives a, a, a different imagery, if you will. Kevin. All right. When you're ready, let me know. Uh, so it could be that, that a couple things are being said here, which is, uh, let me say it, maybe say it
2: our way, my way. Uh, Nicodemus, stop trying so hard. Stop trying so hard here. Uh the spirit does what
1: the wind blows you don't see it, kind of what David was saying, and this can happen to you
2: as well for purposes of our study and our theme uh change your focus
1: so this morning, I started the class out by asking everybody what is something that you do to focus? How do you focus in your life? what trick do you have to focus? Does anyone want to share a trick or two? I, we shared way too many tricks this morning, so we were rushing to the end. And we don't have a lot of time because there's more to tell you. Yeah, yes, please, Penny. Breathing. Yeah. Uh, my guess is calm breathing, right? Deep breathing helps you to focus on what you're doing, where you're going. Hold on a second. Any, any more focus? Yeah. Turn off the TV. Turn off the radio. Computer. Keep the distractions out so you can focus, right? Uh, someone said this morning they find a place where they can focus. So they go to a certain room or a certain place, and I'm convinced that it's the shower. So, <laughs> right, a uh, lot of lot of good sermons come in the shower, just so you know. You can just focus because you're in there. It's quiet, right? What's that? Too, too much? <laughs> All right. Uh, sorry. So... Um, uh, then after the class this morning, a gentleman came up to me and he goes, uh, I actually think that Nicodemus's challenge is that he was too focused. Uh, Johnny was saying that he, is an air, he was a retired air traffic controller. And they actually tell air traffic controllers, this is going to disturb you at first, but then you'll feel better at the end. Not to be focused. Because they've got 19 planes in the air. And if they focus on one plane, the other 18 could be in jeopardy. So part of their training is they show a juggler. He's telling me this. They show a juggler, and they say, only focus on the juggler. Do, 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 do. Count how many t- how many times he moves the balls. And they count it. And then after that, they say, okay, now don't focus on the juggler. And what they didn't see while they were – because they were so focused, is there's a gorilla going back and forth in the screen. But he says it's interesting. A lot of people don't even see it the first time because you're so focused on what's happening. So it could be that part of Nicodemus's challenge is that he's so focused on what he believes is right and true that he can't see the truth right in front of him, Jesus, the light of the world. Kevin. In both the Hebrew and the Greek. Yes. All
3: Testaments. um, The word for spirit and the word for wind are the same word. Thank you. Perfect.
2: Perfect. So, let's place this on you for a second. How many of you could be Nicodemus? Yeah. Me? I certainly could, right? Uh, And let let me give you some examples. Uh, Well...
1: Who are? Who is Jesus to tell me how to live? I'm an American. I'm a well. I'm a, I'm a half Virginian, right? I've been here. I think you had to live here what three hundred years to be called a Virginian, uh, like a true Virginian. So not quite there. Um, I'm a Christian. I go to. I'm a Lutheran, right? I can, we we tend to do that even today, right? We we rely on these things that
2: frankly are not relevant on their own merit hear me out to our salvation the the way the path to salvation the code word to heaven is jesus right
1: so um we we might want to consider what our lives are focused on right now are we focused on Uh, what we're entitled to? Are we focused on what makes us angry? Are we focused on uh, complacency? Well, I got checked all the boxes. I can just coast it, whatever. And is that focus keeping us from the new life that God has prepared for us through Christ our Lord? I think that's a worthy question of our spiritual focus every day. So what happens in the – oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Pat. Yes, please.
0: I think uh, Nicodemus was getting stuck on his belief in Judaism because yeah. uh, Jesus Christ uh shared that the 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 uh we have it here that heaven or spiritual awakening is open to everybody, not just a certain ethnic or a certain tribe but everybody that's that's going to be born again.
2: When when Christ died on the cross, He died for everybody. Yeah. So we there there's a
1: little blip in John in the middle of John where we see Nicodemus, but we, we for time's sake we're going to
2: skip that. And I want to share with you. Go to John. John nineteen. John nineteen. While you're going there, I want to make sure I say this to you as
1: well. Uh, The other thing we have to do sometimes is just yield to the Spirit. (laughs) Right? We want to be in such control of our faith, control of our belief, control of our religion. Control of our spirituality. We want to be so in charge of it and so control of it. I think the other thing that Jesus is saying is let the wind blow, (laughs) let let the spirit guide your living and who you are. And by the way, when you're witnessing to other people, I think there's an appropriate time where you say, "Spirit, you you've got you've got to work here. You've got to work here for me. You know, Um, there's a." Really great song by Keith Green, who was a singer, Christian singer. Pastor, you may, I may need to have you work again.
3: I, you know what,
1: we're almost done. It's We're almost done. We're going to be full of grace today. Uh, and um, rushing wind blow through this temple, blowing out the dust within, is uh, one of the verses. Really beautiful. Rushing wind blow through this temple, blowing out the dust within. And the song goes on, but I just love that imagery, right? And I think it's appropriate as part of your spiritual focus to, to say, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, shape me, mold me, change me. Whatever you need to do, do it. I'm a lover of truth, God, so I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Correct me.
2: All right, where do we see Nicodemus again? Nick the John 19. After 38, 38 and 39. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, was, uh, who was a disciple of
1: Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also. That's my keterism. Nicodemus also, by the way, he was here earlier. I did it with him. So who, who earlier had come to Jesus by night came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes. How about 75 pounds in weight? That's too much, by the way. <laughs> the reason John's telling you that much is that it's excessive. Going to a body and putting that around the body would be normal many believe that that much would cover the entire body. And historically,
2: the only time you cover the entire body is for a king. Did Nicodemus change his focus? His actions might lead us to think yes.
1: If it weren't risky, if it weren't risky to meet Jesus in the night, let's, let's for argument's sake, say it wasn't. Let's just say they were having a casual conversation because it was quiet. It was very risky
2: for him to be burying Jesus and to be caught doing that. So uh, faith without works is dead. Uh, the, the nature of your faith will be revealed by what you do.
1: Right? Sheep and the goats. So we don't hear of a great testimony of Nicodemus where he says, I gave my life to Jesus. Right? We don't hear that here. Uh, and frankly, you can make a case that he's just being respectful of a guy that he had a, gr- he had a disagreement with. I've been to the funerals of people who don't believe what I believe. I'm sure some of you have too, right? And I've, and I've treated that funeral with great respect and dignity,
2: as I think we should. Or his focus changed. His focus changed. By the way, we read it. Mr. Monroe read it where, he, where Jesus told Nicodemus what would happen. And now he sees it happen. So you can't help but wonder that in that moment, if there was a change in Nicodemus' life. Questions? Comments? No suggestions tonight. Just questions and comments. Rick? We all learn from our experience, right? I hope. And what we can see and touch. And
3: feel are very real to us, and we learn from all that. It's a little more difficult to grasp what you cannot see and what you cannot touch, and I think that's that's not unique to me or anyone else. Absolutely, that's just that's just the way it is. Absolutely. So the reason we do these studies is to learn that maybe we're missing something, and we need to pay attention.
1: <laughs> yeah, and listen, I'm I'm fully willing. To to give Nicodemus some leeway here. I mean, put yourself in Nicodemus' position. That's not easy. But frankly, of, of the whole study tonight, um, I'm not a fan, just so you know, of when speakers say, if you heard anything, right? If you heard anything, because my thought then is, well, then why'd you say everything else? <laughs> As the listener, I think. Well, then, why did you waste my time saying all the other thing? Just say that one thing. So I'm going to not say that, but I will say that probably one of the most important aspects of Nicodemus's life. You can't read John three without without this in your mind. I don't think you can, because it's it's the full it's the full circle of the account, and and it helps us see that yeah, a guy who probably struggled with all these.
2: Questions of wind and rebirth shows up there. It's interesting. And I and frankly, I thank God for Nicodemus. I, um
1: Yeah, I I don't I'm not afraid to tell you there are moments in my faith life where I say, This is hard. This is really hard.
2: But I can look at someone like Nicodemus and say, Okay, it was hard for him too, but there he was. You know, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the witness of, of the scriptures tonight and the testimony of
1: Jesus and Nicodemus. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to see conversation between two people who don't agree. Yet, we thank you, Lord, for a loving Savior who did not come to condemn the world, but to bring life and salvation. And so he engages in conversations with people like Nicodemus. We thank you, Lord, that
2: that on that night that you gave your life, he was there. In the midst of things we cannot understand,
1: help us to believe and trust in the communion of saints the forgiveness of sins and the life everlasting. May your Holy Spirit breathe life in us, Lord, abundant life and shape us and mold us and guide us, not only us, but every member and friend of our congregation, this mission station, all Christendom, Lord. And we pray, almighty God, that in that new birth and new life that we have, we may glorify your name in all that we do. I pray for... Uh, Everyone here tonight, pray your blessing upon them. I pray, Lord, for those who are on our prayer guide, those who are sick or struggling. I pray, Lord, for those who do not know you, who still yet walk in darkness. May your Holy Spirit enlighten their lives this moment with the joy and the knowledge that you are their God and that you love them. This we pray in the name and for the sake of our Savior Jesus Christ.
0: Amen. Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and his people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing.
2: Visit us on the web at kogva.org.